Hey everybody, this episode of The Trap Draw is once again brought to you by Mizzen and Maine. Be sure to check out mizzenandmaine.com for their full selection of dress shirts. And if you do get anything, use the promo code TRAPDRAW. That's trapdraw at mizzenandmaine.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Trap Draw. I am Big Randy. As I always start things off, my first question is to you, Tron. What's up? I'm stressed, dog. This, this recording our own podcast is, uh, you thought we would have learned by now. Mo- <laughs> Mom and dad are away. Dad's not home. They left us all the toys to play with. We're trying to figure it out. Um, we have on the line the Merxar, live from Brooklyn, New York. Neil, how are you? Gentlemen, I'm doing well. You know, Randy, your voice kind of uh, got a little pep in your in your voice there once we once we heard that gunshot, which kind of got me jacked up. I mean, we're about an hour late getting started, so I didn't have any energy. I was kind of jebby, but now I'm starting to get back. You know, ready to give the people what they need, which is you know uh, uh, a little jolliness. I think. Yeah. Hey, Neil, I don't I don't want to hear you complain anymore about the tardiness we're mobile agile and hostile here in the kill house we'll get it done we're gonna get it done it's been a while guys when was the last we did this what two years ago year and a half year and year and uh what nine months yeah well chateau relaxo we were all in person down at the franchises in atlanta oh no that's true i would i forgot about that one i was talking about the one we did on christmas eve oh the infamous uh, i believe it was christmas night if I'm not mistaken. Christmas night. It was. It was the yeah. 25th. Yeah. God. That would have been two years ago. Two Christmases ago. Um, but anyway, yeah. God, great to have you back. I feel like we got a lot to you've been you've been playing some golf, which we want to catch up on. Um, you've also been not playing golf with us, namely in Scotland. So wanted to quickly get your thoughts on that. And then we threw out uh, the bat signal. We have some good Twitter questions. We'll we'll fire at you kind of towards the end. How oh does that sound? God. Yeah, I'll try to duck. I can only imagine what the people have in store for me. First and foremost, what's going on up, up in the big city? Well, it's hot. As Randy would say, <laughs> it's hot as shit up here. So I'm going to try to duck into the media tent, see if I can snag a free water. No, the free waters at Google have been holding me over. I fill up the fridge. Like I usually bring like six or eight home a night and just, you know, get the Dasani's loaded up in the fridge. My AC is back. It's working. So I keep it frosty here at, uh, uh, my humble abode in in Brooklyn, but things are good. I've been, uh, um, summer's kind of over and I'm, I'm on the grind. I've played some good golf, did a little Euro vacation, and now I'm training for a boxing match in November. So I'm getting up early, getting to the gym, Mendez boxing throwing one twos, throwing hooks, throwing uppercuts, trying to get uh, get ready to go to fight uh, somebody in the uh, in the name of cancer research. So tell us uh, 
tell us how you got set up with this boxing thing, when it's going down, where it's going down. Do you know who you're fighting yet? Give us the rundown. So it's called Haymakers for Hope. And I think it's been around for like eight or nine years. But my buddy, good friend Evan Miller, the Mills, who you guys know and love, uh, he did it a couple years ago. Uh, he's more of the boxing type, one of six kids, middle child, you know, got beat up by his uh, older brothers. The sack master, Lou Miller, his older brother also did Haymakers. So, um, you know, but he's just kind of been in my ear about it. And I think I, uh, you know, Phil, you and I were talking about it, you know, the man in the arena. I'm reading a, uh, a good book about Teddy Roosevelt right now. And I, beginning of the year, I was thinking I like to kind of have a, a physical goal. A couple years ago, it was, it was trying to dunk a basketball. Um, which forced how'd me to, how, yeah, how'd that end up? Well, I didn't dunk. It was dunk watch 2016. I didn't dunk in 2016, but I did dunk in 2017 in April of 2017. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. So it ended up working out. I know I took like 45 tries when I did it. It wasn't pretty, but I did dunk at the Bay club in San Francisco, um, with a couple witnesses they can attest. Uh, but this year I fig- figured, uh, you know, I'm 29. I, I kind of got, Maybe one last shot at the title. Uh, you know, who knows? Any concerns about getting this shit beat out of you? Yes. Yes, there certainly are. Um, <laughs> I don't know who I'm fighting yet. It's probably, they kind of have us bucketed into like kind of some weight groups. I think it's, there's a couple of options. One dude was a runner-up, two-time All-American wrestler at Virginia, runner-up NCAA national dude, champion. I'm just going to say this. You want no part of that guy. I know. Oh, that guy's out of that weight class. That guy's, uh, I think he's faced a few men in the arena. But, hey, we'll see what happens. I mean, just in general, like, wrestlers are nuts. Yeah, like, I know. Like, you know it from high. I don't know if the Marist School had a wrestling program. I'm assuming they did. But, dude, the, like, wrestling practice is, I, I always thought, too. Yeah, no, they're I mean, doing like the fiery carries and they're doing a lot yeah. of bear crawling. And also like one of my goals is to, you know, get into obviously really good shape so that even if I'm not a great boxer, you know, I'll be the better conditioned one. That's going to be tough to do against a, a, a former wrestler because those guys know how to, to grind. The other options seems like it could be a couple of finance fuckboys, which God, I would obviously prefer. Yeah. I'm definitely flying up for that. So that's November 15th at the, at the Hammerstein ballroom. So yeah, you know, it's basically just kind of laying out the gauntlet for myself. Um, I guess, you know, people probably don't really care, but I am making some custom merch. So be on the lookout for that in the next month or so. Uh, I haven't really started hammering the, uh, the donation drum yet, but I'll probably be doing that as well. Um, but, and I haven't picked the charity either. I don't have to, it it goes, Haymakers will send like my, I'm trying to raise like 25K. They'll send the money to whatever charity I pick. So I'm thinking either breast cancer because Tron, you know, it's like 19 years since our mom had breast cancer. So celebration of that. Or I was also thinking lung cancer, you know, just kind of with my Like a a preemptive thing? Affinity for bogeys. I've been off the bogeys since, uh. Well, since you last saw me, Phil, so you know I'm 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 fighting the good fight. Um, you know, <laughs> that was like a week fu- ago, I think. Is <laughs> that as actually like nine days ago? So, but you know what? If I get usually if I get to two weeks, I'm good for a while. Like I they, I kind of get the cra- I lose the craving. So I'm coming up. Once I get to Sunday, I feel like I'll be good. But uh, but no, I don't have a problem. I'm any um, any thought to donate the money to? Uh, a CTE research 
charity? I mean, just to kind of close the circle on all this. Does it have to be uh, cancer? It or? has to be cancer. Oh, um, okay. So, you know, but I'm wearing headgear. So I know where you're going with that. Um, <laughs> and I resent it. You well, know? well Peg, Peg and the franchise are not happy. We're going to a wedding the following well, day in Cincinnati. And Neil, hopefully he's got black eyes and he's all bruised <laughs> and battered and stuff. For yeah. the wedding. Peg's not happy. If you fight the wrestler, for sure. Well, yeah, you know, we're just going to have to see how this unfolds. But that's kind of the point, right? Like, I feel like you fighting the wrestler is going to be like David Lingmer. Like, it's just some kind of short, squat, like really core strength guy. Just a, just a power plant. That guy's just going to beat up on your body. It, you know, he could, you know, but I got a good trainer. I will say that. Like, I've picked up a lot. I've been doing about a month. I'm going every day at 6 a.m., so, you know, I'm just going to grind, guys, and we'll see what happens. I feel pretty good. So, you know, I, I appreciate your concern both on the CTE front and on my matchup. I should know by next week. So I'll, I'll keep you guys posted. Okay. Um, but, yeah, man, we're going to get in the ring. That, that's kind of – that's where we're at here. So, anyway, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to being one of the lowest downloaded trap draws. But for any of those brave souls out there that want to learn more, uh, I, I'll probably start, you know, keeping a little running, running weekly journal here in the next uh, couple weeks. Well, hey, well, you know, we're looking forward to following along, and uh, it was good to introduce the people to your your quest here. Yeah, oh, I'm sure there'll be a few listeners that I know I want to get some of that boxing merch. Yeah, some of it's just going to be like limited edition NLU gear that has like no, you wouldn't even know it's about boxing, but all the proceeds are going to go to cancer research. So, hey, how about it? There you have it. So, I think we mentioned it briefly earlier, but while we were in Scotland back in, when were we in Scotland? July? Like mid-July. Kind of right when you were amping up with this boxing stuff. You you played a little golf back in the New York area. I did. I played, well, I played a few. So, I played Beth Page, Black, and got ejected. Force carries everywhere. And it was really hot. It's just a tough course. Was it a fun course? Well, I'd like to play it again because I tried to bully the golf course. Like I hit a lot of drivers and probably didn't even need to, even though we played it from the tips. Um, and then, like, if you just don't hit the fairway, like, you can't score. Like, you can't. It's ridiculous how like pe- penal the rough is. And like, I think there's like three holes where the fairway and the greens connect. So it's just like like forced carries over rough between the fairway and the green, or like bunkers. And they're, most of the approaches are uphill. So it's just like it wears on you over time. So it was, so it's Beth Page, which is a state park. And like, you know, you go up and we got, we like got a lottery spot. So got to tee off at like 11 a.m. So no big deal. And we didn't have to like sleep in the car or anything, which is nice. Um, I lo- also love the check in. Like the guys are like no nonsense dudes. Like I almost felt like I was kind of like placing a bet at a racetrack or something. They're like behind the glass and there's like absolutely no tips, you know, like, like state employees cannot be tipped at all. It's just like very, like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's just a really funny environment. Um, and, and, and then, the guy's giving you a wink, wink, like, yo, like that's not serious. Like, like well, no, this guy tip. we had was like, like very much by the book and like, I didn't have a New York ID and just, you know, there was not going to be like, I was like, oh, but I live in New York. He's like, I don't care. You know, it was like, okay, sick. So, um, you know, is rules the sleeping are rules. in your car thing still, is, is that still a thing? Yeah, because a lot of people, I don't think they, it's either they don't show up for the tea times or they don't 
like what you guys did with St. Andrews. Like, I guess they just have openings, um, you know, like just randomly throughout the day. So people just hang around. Um, so you go from that and then later on, like a couple of days later, I played Liberty National. Oh, I get, no, I guess it was the other way around. I played Liberty National during the week and I played Beth Page the weekend. And so Liberty, <laughs> Liberty National is like, we took the ferry over from, from uh, Lower Manhattan, which is great. I went and played with a bunch of guys I play softball with. Um, a couple of them are members. And so they had us out. Nice to host us out there. Guys, the course is beautiful. It's beautiful. It's But I would liken it like I, I Tron, I probably said this to you. It's like a pair of fake tits. It looks great. It feels they feel great, but you're just kind like, of voluptuous. There's there's some mounding. Or yeah, some, some, it's like wow, this is really mounding. this is really well manicured. This looks good. Looks great. It photographs tremendously well, right? Very very well. But it's just like kind of like it's just like it's not really supposed to be there. And it's also like when I was out there, I was kind of like, damn, this is kind of a shame. Like it's so unbelievable views of the city, so close to the city, and it's like felt like there were probably three or four groups on the course on a, you know, beautiful, I think it was like a Wednesday evening, which is like, you know, not, it's like, damn, it kind of stinks, you know? Like, I wish more people could enjoy that. Was it like, were there memorable holes? Yeah, like the 14th, the par three with this, like, panorama view. And 13th, there's a par five 13th over water that's that's really cool. There was definitely some interesting holes. The 18th is a um, a big cape. Very, very capey um, into the clubhouse, which looks like, you know, futuristic spaceship with the city in the background. And then um, the locker room is funny. It's like kind of one of those places where like the name tags are really big on the on the lockers. You know what I mean? It's like Justin Timberlake, Gary Cohn, like, oh, sick. Like, um, so I kind of because, you know, you go to other clubs and it's like there's no names on the lockers that are really exclusive. So it's just kind of like a funny vibe there. Yeah. Yeah, It says a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it was good. They had a great, they had great comfort stations. That was going to be my next question. (laughs) Tremendous comfort stations. This sounds like a Fazio on like HGH. Uh, Yeah. You could probably, that'd probably be a good way to look at it. A lot of waterfalls, a lot of water features. Um, Containment creeks. Yeah, like a lot of creeks, a lot of runoff areas behind the greens. The greens are very tricky. Um, and I guess before we go any farther with this, like I think we need to say that you are the loudest voice in the NLU stable of like whenever we get talking about golf course architecture, you're like, fuck this, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I try to like appreciate it. Like I, you know, I played Sleepy Hollow last weekend, which was awesome. And I kind of understand, like, you know, why, like, that's a classic course after playing it. But it's more because I, like, enjoyed the course, not because, I, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just, it, the, the Redan and Levin stuff just kind of wears me out a little bit. Well, even after your trip over to Spain and France and to Beeritz specifically? To, to the OG Beeritz, Beeritz 1.0. Um, yeah, went there and didn't go to didn't go to the Beeritz. Well, I think that it's I don't think they named it Beeritz because of the golf course there. I think they named it Beeritz because of the way the the town sits in like a, a valley between the mountains. 
Hmm, very interesting. Like there's two I'm like lighthouses. I'm gonna fact check here. I'm gonna look that. Well, up. I don't know. I, I actually I would like you to fact check that because yeah. there is no, a golf course in Biarritz, and it it seemed like it was like pretty old school, but it didn't seem like I didn't see anything about like oh like no Biarritz name. Golf Club Par Three Third Hole it was dubbed the Chasm. Willie Dunn Jr. designed it. So all right, so you went you went all the way over to Biarritz to the like what what. How was that trip? I went to Barcelona for a wedding with my girlfriend, Lauren. And we went to – the wedding was in a nice little beach town about an hour outside of Barcelona. And then we decided to go to Barcelona. And then we went to – took a train to Madrid for a day. And then we went up to the Basque region and uh, into France in, to Biarritz because it's like a surf town that Lauren had been to, I don't know, a couple years ago. she say that and did some surfing. Did a little motorbiking through the hills, tagged a few, you know, um, few things in San Sebastian, you know, left left some NLU behind, which is good. The food scene in San Sebastian was good. Oh yeah, the the uh, the pinchos, the jamón, the jams, delicious. Uh, the food, I think, you know, Spain is has my vote over France. Although I did I did smoke a few heaters in France, which was I, I tried to smoke them really long and slow after dinner. Like the French do. Between between your uh, second and third fingers. Yeah, exactly. And I had a, a bunch of chocolate croissants. I love chocolate croissants. That's one thing that I do like about the French culture. I did. I used to. I used to not like croissants when I was a kid, but now I like the croissant. And I. And, but only the chocolate because the chocolate's got like the light fluffy thing, but it's got the chocolate kick to it, which is. I like that. It's a nice little surprise in there. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, one of the questions that, you know, I floated it out on Twitter that we were having you on tonight. One of the questions was, you know, Hey, what, what's Neil's ranking of domestic cigarettes? And I'm going to take that a step farther and say, what, you know, out of the countries you've been to here between Australia, France, Spain, Canada, us here in the last year or so, who has the best cigarettes? Oh, well, I mean, it's kind of like the, the globalists run everything, right? So like Philip Morris has, they just throw a different label on the international ones. It's not like you're, other than I did down in Australia, the Bond Street ones were very harsh. Um, those, the local ones in Australia were uh, serious, but you know, like I'm kind of soft. I smoke parliament lights when I do, because I, I, you know, I do care about my lungs and it is a bad habit. So I'd say, you know, camels, sometimes when you're abroad, make you feel a little bit more exotic. You know, you see the camel on the logo. You're like, oh, man, like Turkish gold. It's like, I'm, I'm the kid. I'm the kid. But really, the uh, invisible Masons or whoever runs Philip Morris is, they're just kind of running the world. <laughs> it's a big conglomerate. Yeah, it's a big uh, conglomerate. Do you remember when, when the franchise used to come back from Canada? Yeah, he had the red he, pack of reds once. Marier, yeah, the, the yeah. Uh, Marier's. Yeah, he was like, oh, God. These things are yeah, so those good. Were heavy. Those were heavy. <laughs> uh, but yeah. you know what? I will say this. A lot of um, I respect about the Euros is a lot of them are smoking. They're rolling their own cigs. They roll their own stuff, yeah. Yeah, so sure. it's like they got the bag. They're just they're rolling them up on their own, throwing a little filter in the end, which – which is the way to do it. And I guess it's, it's, it's uh, probably a little bit better for you and, you know, it makes you look cooler too. So there, there you have it. 
you know, you know what you're putting in your body, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so no golf on the Euro trip. No, I did. Uh, Lauren, we thought about playing one night, but you know, sometimes when you get away, like we talk a lot of golf, we, you know, watch a lot of golf. I kind of just felt like hanging out and like getting off the grid for a while. Did some reading, did some working out, did some, uh, some eating and some sightseeing. So it was good. And some surfing. I got dominated by the Atlantic. The one thing I will say is like the coast of France, the West coast down through like the North coast of Spain. It, it reminds you a lot of like the California coast, like Monterey, Carmel, yeah, really rugged. And like, it has the same light, you know, cause it's, I guess it's, they're both on the West coast and the Atlantic is like really heavy surf, which I, um, didn't really, I guess I didn't really expect. Um, well, but they got the same kind means, of like calm, you know, like Pacific's kind of, it does, man. That's wild. That's whoa. That's wild. <laughs> That's wild, John. Uh, I think, I think Vasco, who, no, who was it? Pizarro? <laughs> Vasco da Gama named it? I don't know, man. Uh, you know, I would have gone with America Vespucci, but, um, no, nah, he came over. No, uh, he was the, the guy that yeah, just found the continent. Things. Or was it right. Cortez, the big homie? Uh, well, all right. Yeah. Well, so I think part of it's just... <laughs> well, that's neither here nor kinda, there, I guess. Cortez right. was a bad hombre, by the way. Yeah, he was the baddest hombre. I tried to paddle out on like a foam board because they're easy to get up on. It just couldn't... You know, you can't duck dive those. You can't go over in the waves on those. So I was getting so frustrated, getting absolutely so body pitted. Mega pitted. I just... Uh, I couldn't get I couldn't get out past the breakers, bro. I was struggling, uh, but it was good. I did that. I got out. I got up on a couple waves, um, but it was it was probably it could have been a more successful surf sesh. I could have been more dialed. Any John Rom discussions while you're over there? That's kind of where 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 he was from or where he's from. That Is area he? of Spain. Yeah, he's from the Basque country. Uh, no, I didn't really talk a lot of golf with anyone. You know, I got interest outside the game, John. I don't know what you want from me. You know, I'm okay. a, uh, yeah, yeah, trying to get a question. Man. I will say this though. I am looking forward to some Opus day Ryder cup matches. So like Bubba, Bryson, yeah, Lord explain, Tyrell, explain Hatton, the Opus day. Rom. The folks. Uh, so Opus day are the guys that really self-loathe like visibly, you know, they, they run hot and it's like the guys from the Da Vinci code, the, the guy with the white hair, the monk that like ties like the um, chains around his legs as penance and makes himself bleed. And so they're just like, you know, they're, they hit a bad shot and they're just like self flat, you know, flagellating or whatever, like whipping themselves. And uh, Rom and, and Hatton are probably the two biggest culprits on the Euro side. And then Bubba's so, obviously yeah, like top five worldwide on the Opus Day. I'd say you... I'd say Rom is definitely like he's got to be one or two, and then but I don't know if Bubba is because he's he's usually getting mad at someone else, so the penance isn't directed his way. I think Bryson like with that like range outburst is a like definitely an Opus Day. Um, yeah, I, I saw it firsthand at at Harbor Town. This year, I was, sitting, I was standing there with uh, World Wide West and Kenny Goulet from uh, Greenville Country Club, and standing there on the range, and like he's 
he's got his whole entourage of five or six guys out there and he's just he's like berating himself like everybody's just standing there looking on it was it was wild it was i, I like i couldn't look away man it was isn't that awesome i think it's the best fascinating. yeah well you everybody knows that guy they played with that they get mad in a specific way where they're just so self-loathing. You're like, damn. It's our buddy. Like, uh, well, we all know Maraca. I mean, not yeah, Mar- yes, well, that's where like he, maybe he would three hit, listeners he, will know. Him, he would hit it. He did it like background. dead left and yeah. yeah <laughs> so we would take this this like Michigan trip every year, every so, summer. So yeah, so my brother-in-law and a group of like it started out as I think eight. I think it's up to like sixteen now. Um, would go up to Northern Michigan, uh, just kind of like a Ryder Cup style match. Well, anyway, Joe, who by the way used to be my boss uh, when I worked for Ernst and Young out of college, did not uh, know that. Was, yeah, which was another little wrinkle. So was he the one that told you you couldn't wear basketball shorts to <laughs> yeah. the clients? Yeah, he was. He was my uh, he was my senior manager on that um, on that engagement. It was a Saturday of like. <laughs> Martin Luther King week and like there was nobody in the office. And you uh, wear a polo shirt with, with like basketball with shorts. basketball shorts, yeah. Um, but anyway, Joe played at Methodist, uh, I don't know, college or university, the D three school down in North Carolina, which is like a golf powerhouse D three, and he was like a total stick. But now, you know, like fifteen years removed or whatever it is, he he, he battles. Like he he's still he's like the the best range player. If you look at him on the practice range, you're like that guy's a s- scratch easy. But there's just a disconnect. He's got like the driver yips, or he just has <laughs> yeah. the biggest misses. Um, and he just God, he beats himself up. Like come on, Joe. Like ah, you were, Joe. No, no, no. And he was, like never was, cusses at himself though. Joe. You were so bad. <laughs> you are so you don't even deserve bad. to play the game. <laughs> and the other funny and part it's so is like inward focus. Yeah, yeah. He never cusses at himself. And then the other funny part is he never like he's got a preternatural ability to find his golf ball. Like in the deepest, yeah, he's thickest he's woods, woods. Like Got it. <laughs> and like not and not and like no funny business. Like he's legitimately yeah. finding the ball. Yeah, and he, I mean he counts his strokes and everything, but God, he is he's fun to play with. He's like three hundred yards <laughs> in the woods. Got Joe, it. Joe, you don't deserve to play this game. You stink. <laughs> and that's what like that it's not it, so it's not people Opus Day isn't people like getting mad at the crowd. So I guess it's not as much Bubba. It's more like people that are just like muttering under their breath to themselves, which is Rom. <laughs> like Rom is just always like freaking out on himself quietly, you know. So you yeah. just see him like tying that contraption like tighter around his leg, <laughs> you know. It's just like he's wearing the white pants, and you think the blood is just going to start dripping. So, uh, so, so we've got Rom, Hatton, Bryce, Rom and Hatton for sure. I'd say. Hatton, did you catch Hatton's at the uh, on the seventy second hole? Uh, this past weekend at Ridgewood? I, no, I didn't, but I got some of it at Shinnecock. I fought him for a few holes, and he's just like he guy is just like steaming under the under the surface. He's just he's stewing a little bit. He missed this like eight footer for birdie on eighteen on Sunday, and he shot like sixty eight or something. Like he had a 
pretty good round, and he just started berating himself, um, just all while the, uh, his playing partner putted out. The the camera stayed on him. The announcers, I think, were a little freaked out. I mean, we're open open to suggestions from the folks on if you see Opus Day, say something. You know, you kind of want identify him. Yeah, identify him. You know, because it's like build a, out the cult. Yeah, exactly. I feel like Alex Levy might be on that spectrum when he's not playing well. Um, but we can we can keep an eye out for that. Hey guys, it's Neil, the guest. I'm doing the ad read as well. It's actually an ad riff for Mizzen and Maine. Uh, I guess it makes sense because I've been wearing the shirts for a while, probably like three years since my mom got them for me because I had really bad pit stains when I was in like middle school and high school. And I tried a lot of stuff like wearing undershirts, but that just like made the pit stain like really bad. Um, or like no undershirt, but that would make like the sweat drip, which was no good either. And then, you know, you can try a bunch of different deodorants out. Anyway, these shirts are great. The material is very much uh, a sweat wicking material. So I'd, um, I'd recommend them. And I've got four in my closet that I paid for. Uh, so minnesotamain.com promo code trap draw. And you can, uh, get a little discount on those shirts. All right, back to the pod with yours truly. So Neil, getting back to your golf, you played, uh, you played kind of the other end of the spectrum in New York this summer too. I did. I played flushing meadow pitch and putt, which is as far to the other end of the spectrum as you can get. And I love that place. It's 18-hole, par three. You can play till 1 a.m. It's all lit. It's right behind uh, the Met Stadium in Flushing Meadows, and there's just some characters out there. So anybody that's in the New York area, I would highly recommend either going out there with some cold beers and some buddies, or it's also probably a good, like, third date spot, you know, instead of going, like, play putt-putt. Or, like, I'd much rather go there than go to, like, the driving range like Chelsea Pierce, you know, if it's a subway ride either way, it's like, that's a much, because it's like one, it's better for your game. It feels more like real golf. Um, it's just like much more stimulating to, to do Are, pitch and putt. You're producing a little project on it too, right? Yeah, it is. Just to give it's a, a little, it's a work in progress tease? for sure. Okay. Um, I gotta, you I some gotta you're on our asses about technical. Yeah. No, that's not really it. I'm honestly, I'm just like, I'm kind busy man you know i'm running a global merch merch operation um i'm trying not to get my ass kicked in november you know i'm trying to run around and do special projects with the big guy you know going going to hey yeah yeah not not yet keep that yeah, keep that holstered know. there captain yeah randy and neil and have been working on this special project we can't talk about it no, it should, it'll probably be dropping, be dropping fairly here. soon, but definitely yeah, but, in September. But here's the yeah. thing. So the Flushing Meadow thing got me on to the fact that, like, there's a bunch of other pitch and putts and, like, par three courses in the New York area. There's one called, like, I think Skyway, which is in New Jersey, like, right over, like near Hoboken. It's supposed to be kind of cool. And then there's, like, the, the mecca of pitch and putts, which is Robert Moses State Park, which is out on Long Island. It's like right. It's like on the coast, on this like barrier island in, in Long Island. And apparently, this guy at Flushing Meadow is telling me like, "Oh, dude, it's like 
you don't understand, man. It's like the, it's the ultimate. It's the ultimate. That's what you're saying. <laughs> and I was like, he's like, you got to go. Like this place is nothing compared to that place. And, you know, and it's, but this is on the pitch and putt scale, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. so I can't wait to get out there and check that spot out. Um, and because all you got to do is you bring one club, a wedge and a putter and you just walk around and have a backpack and you just like, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. It might be a, like, it might technically be a part three. There's some cool one in Buffalo. If you're ever, yeah, if you're ever on the outside of the state. Actually, it was Kevin Price's, like, hometown, like his home track. Well, I I would love to hear about, like, just the pitch and putt circuit across the U.S. Like, that might be an an onion I start peeling back because I just think it's, like, you get a, like, to the guy out there, the, the, the starter, he was a New York City cop for, like, 30 years on, like, the Harlem beat. He's also a... Um, the lead singer of a Rolling Stones cover band called the <laughs> Stony Rollers. And the guy wears like two knee braces when he's playing. They're out there playing like skin games. On a and and uh, yeah, on the pitching putt, they're like gambling heavy. And uh, it was great. Like the characters are, are phenomenal. So uh, I, I can't wait to, it's open in the winter too. So I can go, you can go year round. Like he's like, anytime there's not snow out here, like we're out here basically. So it's like a, an opportunity to like play golf in New York in the winter too. Yeah. Uh, well, dude, I, when you were down here, you were down here a couple weeks ago for kind of NLU, um, you know, summer meetings. And uh, I was blown away. You picked up like 50 yards. It's- I think that's – so at Sleepy Hollow over the weekend, I hit 14 fairways, which is the first time I think I've ever done that. And is I that shot, all of them? That was all of them. And I shot, uh, I shot at eighty one, which is not that's, good. That sounds like that sounds like me growing up. Man. How many greens did you hit? <laughs> um, I'd say yeah, probably half of them. I three putted. I had several three putts, and then I had a, sh- a really bad shank nine iron on eleven that cost me a triple. Like I shanked that. I just missed it. Like it was like Hosel adjacent, kind of like. I don't know. Big guy gets hostile, Jason. Like you know, it kind of one of those ones that rattles you. Like you're having a great round, you're like, "Whoa, where did yeah. that come from?" Yeah. But I, I I was able to write the ship and brought it in with a. Um, I I birdied the uh, the punch bowl. They have an epic punch bowl. That's what I was just. The thumbnail is that or no the no the sixteenth is the short par three, which is the thumbprint looking over the Hudson, which is like as good as advertised. Yeah, that's but what the, I was going to ask. The hole before it is so good. It's this like really, really long par four punch bowl, but it's like, you know, it's probably like 500 yard par four, but it doesn't really matter because like you can shave off 60 yards because it's just a giant, like basically drop off cliff to the green. So you can just run one up, you know, and like, or you can play it like off the back punch bowl, but then there's like a heavy drop off if you fly the punch bowl. So it was just, the punch bowl was like my favorite. I, I thought that was really cool. Um, there were See, a lot of interesting holes like out there, a, though. Yeah, now you're sounding all uppity. Like a like a template fuckboy. No, th- I felt disgusting. like uh, it was more. Yeah, you're right. I think. <laughs> um, damn it! I don't know. The punch bowl is easy though because it's like it's almost like a freaking theme park ride. Like it's such right. a jolly yeah, hole. But there's all these other ones where it's like they make it up names. Like oh, the Dell. Or the eleven, like it's like okay, the green sloping front to back. That's not a template hole. That's just the green sloping. Like I don't know. 
it just sometimes it frustrates me because it's like we're just we're getting a little bit too too niche maybe yeah okay there's a place for the architecture i get it i'm trying to appreciate it it's kind of like i'm not a wine drinker right like i like cold beer because i like the taste of cold beer and i don't you know and i probably could have the palate for wine but it just doesn't really appeal to me to get that nitty-gritty with it Listen, I don't think we're going to settle, you know, anything here. And, and I'll, quite honestly, I think you said it best. There's room for everybody and everything, and I think that's that's the best way. So, um, yeah, I think someone's love of architecture doesn't, as long as it doesn't impede upon your, you know, I think that's that's why it became to fever pitch it at uh, at the PGA this year with like Bellary because it was like, oh, this tournament's going to suck. And, like I was guilty of it probably more than anybody, but. You know, it was like, hey, like, it was impeding upon other people's enjoyment of the tournament. Yeah. You know, where it's like, maybe next time I'll just keep my mouth shut a little bit more. I, well, yeah. I will say, I, mean, I was able to go out there to this, you know, C.B. McDonald masterpiece and it'd probably enjoy it because I did know a little something about architecture. So you're like, oh, cool. So this is like actually what that looks like. Yeah. Uh, so that's good, too. I get it. Like, I'm, I'm knowledge is, is a good thing. To, to each their own. I'd, I'd never yeah. tell anybody what to enjoy or how to. But how that to course is golf. great because it's got the it's got a common, it, it has it's an inland course, but it has these really really nice views of the Hudson Valley, and then it's got the history. It was like Vanderbilt's daughter's mansion and estate that they turned into a golf course. So it's got all this like robber baron gilded age history to it. So it's just like, you know, it's got like it's got like mega bones. It's it. Uh, it doesn't feel too private, but it's still, you know, it's still pretty uppity, which is a good, you know, sometimes that's kind of a good combo. Uh, and they have great infrastructure. The bridges were awesome. Um, would you, I know you played Somerset Hills this summer too. I did not, I have not played. I played Morris County Country Club. Oh, Morris, okay, Morris County. You had 10 rounds between Morris County and Sleepy Hollow. How are you dividing them? Actually, no, 10 rounds between Bethpage, Sleepy Hollow, Morris God. County, and Liberty National. And you can say like eight times at Sleepy Hollow if you want. I'd say like five at Sleepy Hollow. I'd say one at Liberty National. And I'd say, no, I'd say six at Sleepy Hollow, one at Liberty National, and three at um, Bethpage. I don't need to play Morris County. No offense to Morris County. No, no offense, no offense to, anyone. to anybody. anybody. Yeah, uh, but like you're getting, you're kind of getting what you need at Sleepy Hollow, with like instead of just like you're getting a better version of Morse County, basically. Uh, well, cool. Hollow. Sick. I, yes, <laughs> sick. I've never played any of them. Well, maybe we should get into some Twitter questions. And who would be your announcer and who would be your dream analyst for the Tiger Phil uh, pay per view match? Ooh. Um, I don't, I don't know, actually, because does it have to be golf guys? Like, I, no, that's I, a, I, no, I think dude. that's the best part. Like, it doesn't. It could be anybody. Open it up. Man. By the way, this is from a uh, Furley sports fan. Then obviously, Gruden is one of them, and okay, I'd love so to Gruden's have Gruden's your analyst. Which who's which your play-by-play a- guy? Tariko, man, come on. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean that's actually that works. That's yeah, like, he's I got, think that'd be I think that'd be hysterical jobs. because I think like Tariko could keep it like I'd actually get some value from the telecast, and then Gruden would just like I'll tell you what, man, 
and he'd tell me something that's completely unrelated to golf. But you know what I think golf should be doing is like what the guys do, like uh, the analysts in football when they're like drawn on the screen. Like how come when they show me the blimp shot, I'd love to see like, you know, somebody who has like knowledge of the course, like you want to hit it here and like throw an X it up on, on the yeah, draw. Like, why aren't you drawing it up for me? Instead of just showing, like I, I'm watching, I'm watching. Maybe the they tournament. need Mike Fratello. I'm watching Czar it. I'm falling, asleep. I'm, I'm falling asleep watching the tournament and this weekend didn't make it out to, to Northern Jersey. Yeah, we're, we're going like, we're, we're delving into, you're talking about template holes. Hold on a second. Hold on you're a talking second. About, you're bitching about the cover. No, you got, like, you got McCord. You sound you got like McCord. all the stuff that we get lambasted for on a weekly basis here. No, I'm making, but I'm not actually giving, I'm not just complaining about it. I'm trying to offer a solution here. One of them is they showed this blimp shot for like, I don't know, 30 seconds at least of just this whole, this tilling ass hole with all these bunkers. And McCord's like, look at all those bunkers. Look at all, look at them, look at them. There's like, there's nine of them. You count them up. Count, let's count them. Let's count them. Did I get it right? Did I get it right? Let's count them up. Let's count them up. One, two, three. Ah, ha, ha. You know, and like he just counts up nine bunkers. And it's like, why don't you just start fucking circling them or, or one, two, you know, like draw on the fucking screen. Like the too many men on the field, they'll, they'll yes, always do make something the, to yeah. in, like do something <laughs> to entertain me with the blimp shot. Don't just show me this generic, bland blimp shot of the course. I I I don't understand it. It's like these guys. It's so simple. Like that would add a lot. I think just just some like really rudimentary graphics with a pen. So, so I think one thing I was I was I was reflecting on this a couple months ago when the when the uh, Tour de France was going on. And and actually, when when it was announced that um, uh, Pete Pavakwa was the PGA guy was going to NBC, and I'm like, hey, all right, NBC covers the Tour de France and they, and they own Golf Channel, so why don't they like? I, I would almost say cover golf more like the Tour de France. You know, where like you have you have camera guys out there. You like in the Tour de France, you have the guys on the motorcycles, your helicopters. You're tracking the Peloton, all that shit, right? How? <laughs> like, well, they're not moving what? that fast. Why do you need a motorcycle? <laughs> no, they have I, guys no, out there should, with cameras. Like are you sending they should, they should send out like 40 guys together on a golf course no, as a Peloton? No. That'd be sick. Well, that would be sick. <laughs> but um, I wasn't – but just take something like – yeah, and you have Bob Roll and <laughs> – the other dudes in the studio there. Those guys are the best too. And they're just talking through everything. And they're like, you know, and it's like rapid fire and you're always seeing action. And it's like, hey, no, like why true. like how is the Tour de France like how is that a profitable venture to That's such a good telecast too. Yeah. I, I agree with and you. And there's yeah. there's not you know, and, and hey, this this fifteen minutes is sponsored by right you know so and so hemorrhoid ointment you know like like because it's all like yeah. bikers and stuff like why like why can't golf morph a, like take some lessons from the tour de france well and they do such a good job of giving context to because a lot of it is just guys like it's like 80 percent of people are guys that don't know shit about it and they're just watching exactly yeah. they give a great context on the venue uh the the larger race uh individual guys you know their strengths their weaknesses the the team aspect which i don't know how the team aspect transitions to golf but it's like 90 percent of that telecast is just kind of boring guys riding bikes but well, they make it entertaining you're learning something the entire right, time right 
whether it's hey like we're going through this village right now right. this is where this happened yeah or you know like they've got the they got the king of the mountains thing all right right you know. right no okay. that's what i was saying i, I don't mean but it's like boring they as a do viewer. have like, they it make going it for them they they have it going for them though that it's like these guys are constantly moving at like 40 miles an hour so it just adds this element of like oh my god they're going so fast look at that big mass of humans that could crash at any moment whereas True. golf it doesn't really have that energy or pace which probably makes it hard right but i think they create some of that because like i said there are long stretches in the tour where the tour de france where <laughs> like nobody's really doing anything yeah, and part sure. of it too is like there's there's you know there's a hundred and really at, at one point there's, there's 60 to 70 guys on the course at any given time somebody's somebody's hitting one off the planet every well do you know what else makes the tour de france minutes. more entertaining are the fans just the being fans on the rowdy side as on the roads they're crazy I mean, yeah maybe if golf just let the gallery just go completely bananas that that adds some entertainment as well uh all right next question here we got a few more and then all we right. gotta we gotta get going uh at grant mcgalliard asked what's the closest uh you've come neil to the mythical perfect bogey oh god that's such a good question the big the big homie asked a lot of good questions. Uh, it's gotta the one be in right? Barnboogle was close. It really was. It was close. I mean, the perfect bogey comes from a guy I used to work with, Chance Tidyman, uh, back in the day in San Francisco. Chance is like I don't know, probably like forty five now. So it sounds like an made. alias. And we were both we were both on the sales team. I was like the youngest guy on the sales team. He was like the oldest guy at this like really disruptive startup that is no longer in business. Uh, so you can imagine we were selling some really valuable stuff. Anyway, we'd like, we'd joke around about the perfect bogue all the time. And you, you know, it usually would have to include like some type of water feature. Uh, sunset's always a bonus. Um, no wind, like not having wind cause wind makes the bogey go quicker. So you don't want wind. So that would be like one of the only drawbacks to, um, the one in Barnville was a probably a little we windy. Caught a pretty pretty calm day down there though. Um, I remember I had one close to sunset at the end of Jazz Fest like four years ago with uh, with Mills. Listen to Trombone Shorty close it out. Just like the end of an epic weekend. That you know, no wind, just nice. It wasn't too hot, and it was just was like, that down in New Orleans. Now, yes, exactly. You know, we're vibing, maybe vibing on some other stuff too, you know, good music. (laughs) It was great. It was like, it was the perfect boat. So, something like that. Um, All right. What, let's see here. Who's the best Ivy League football player that you played against? Um, Who's up from? From from Jason YYC. People would know, probably Jeff. I think his name was Jeff Matthews. He played QB at Cornell. He was a freshman my – or maybe a sophomore. I think he's a freshman my senior year. He threw for like 540 yards on us and like five TDs. He played backup. He was backup for the Falcons the year they were on the hard knocks. Guy could swing the P. Um, oh, no. Actually, that's an easy question. I got, I got stiff-armed so badly by Kyle <laughs> Jusick. The Harvard oh, tight end, yeah. now tight end for Shanny, the San Francisco 49ers. That's an easy question. They yeah, hate he, him like more than any fullbacks ever. Yeah, he, the ever H-back. He's like, he's like the H-back. 
Yeah. He's like the definition like the of the H-back. Uh, the mega H-back. So it was, I, I remember this vividly. It was zero coverage. We're playing at home. It's my senior year. Zero coverage meaning there's no safety help over the top. So you're playing like sure, inside. Sure. So you don't get beat over the middle. And he runs like a real quick out. And like, I was probably like playing off a little bit too much. And like, they just dumped it to him in the flats. And I came up to like, you know, just make a routine tackle. And your boy just put the fucking stiffy on me right to the grill. <laughs> And then he goes like 40 yards down the sideline. And then my buddy, uh, Ryan Murphy, like misses a goal line tackle. He like hurdles them for a touchdown. It was like, oh my God, that's brutal. How old was uh, Yusick at this time? I think he was a junior or a senior. He was was at the same age, I think. You you played better players in high school than you did college for the most part. uh, Yeah, Eric Berry in high school was probably the best. And then... um, yeah, I'd say Eric Berry is probably the best player. All right. Uh, JD, at JD Wilson, 1747, wants to know, who do you think is the alpha of the Jack's Beach NLU crew? Uh, um, <laughs> Jesus. I mean, who's the, who's the greller? Who's the greller? Um, I don't know. I mean... You guys are all stunting down there. I think it's kind of it's kind of like you know that game when you go to the Braves game. It's like the uh, Home Depot tools are like racing like around the bases, like in between innings. It's like, like the hammer is out in front. The hammer and then always the, gets and out. Then the, in front. And then the saw comes storming from behind. <laughs> and then the screwdriver comes out. Or like in New York, I was at the Yankees game last year. They used like the subway train. It's like the six. No, it's the one. No, it's the seven. Ah. <laughs> And like, I think that's uh, how the, the alpha contest is going in the kill house right now. On that subject, well, it's kind of a Schrodinger's cat situation. Maybe we're all the alpha and we're all not the alpha. Well, I think we're all not the alpha because the, the lax bros across the street are the real alphas. Yeah, no, the true. guy across like, the street. Like, whenever they want to be, they're is, the real alpha. Oh, Buffin yeah. is Lotus. Like Lotus guy is definitely the alpha. Dude, he's been. He works his. Uh, he works his his speedboat and um, actually his Jeep Wrangler too. He buffs them all. So, just for the folks listening at home, this guy, like, if you can imagine the Gordon Bombay house on the beach from, uh, that's a great illusion. D- from D2, the Mighty Ducks, when they go out to LA for the Junior Goodwill Games. And, like, Bombay's, uh, he's, he's rollerblading kind of there, like Santa Monica Beach or Manhattan Beach. I'm not sure where it is in LA, but it's kind of that modern style house. And it's this guy, and he's always out there shirtless, and he's he's probably mid he's mid forties, mid to late forties, yeah. He's, and he's a little bit pudgy, but he, he's got some he's he's got some muscle, but he's got like some subcutaneous fat, yeah. And uh, and he's just out, he's always out there every really every Saturday, he's buffing his lotus, out there, he's waxing. And then right across the street from him are the lax, or rows. maybe uh, Randall, maybe it's the the mailman. Oh, Bill. Yeah, it sounds like Bill's kind of like big time. Bill the Mill. Yeah. I, I always say, I think I like Bill a lot more than Bill likes me. You've seen a lot of guys come and go. He's not He's not cheap with his emotion. Bill, he's not just going to let Randy you in. He keeps trying to give Bill like NLU bucket hats. Because he wears a big safari bucket. I think Bill was like, hey, I got to wear the I got USPS my bucket. stuff. Yeah, know? he's keeping it true to the USPS. So, he doesn't take uh, bribes. He's a government employee, just like the best yeah. black guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one more question each here, and then we then we got to wrap. Kevin Igo 
Uh, how are the spas down in Jack's? Anything close to the ambient vibes of the Chateau Relaxo uh, Refuge out in, out in well, Monterey? So I, I can speak to one spot. There's a foot massage joint that I thought was subpar. Uh, in Jack's? In Jack's, yeah. Uh, Thrill turned me on to it. It's right over by the... Um, Travis Hill, the... the Thrill Hill. Managing editor of the Golfer's Journal. The, uh, learned, play, the Tron, it's, it's off of... Uh, it's it's uh, by the sushi place we went to that one time. Saki House? Yeah, I think it's so great in there. Anyway, it's like... What I didn't like about it was they didn't... Not enough pressure. And... It was like a big, it's like a big room, and there's like like twenty people getting their foot mis- feet massaged in like this big like airy room, which it's is like that's okay. Full of bad bitches. Yeah, which but I'd rather have like a little bit more like cubicle style, you know, so I can zone out a little easier. But I got a spot on Eighth Street in New York, on Sixth Ave and Eighth Street called like Fun Dong or Fen Fang Du, and um, <laughs> Fun Dong. It's like. <laughs> Well, there's a sign right on the door that says "No sexual favors, don't even ask." So it's not like that kind of joint, but it's 25 bucks for an hour foot massage, and they these guys in there just go ham on the reflexology, <laughs> like you know, squeezing the calves, doing the Achilles, um, they're grinding. Because I got some like plantar fasciitis, so oh, that's been, not good. I've been exploring. Yeah, that's, I've been exploring the good. space a little bit. So, what was the thing that you and Randy were talking about when you were down here? I think you. I think you were talking about or the commission. I or the commission yeah. getting rolfed, yeah. like the like the super intense. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like it's like getting yourself opus dayed by somebody. Like they just essentially beat you up to the point where like Certain it's supposed to feel points, good. Right? Yeah, but then we were like reading up on it, and somebody it called it like quackery. Well, somebody called it quackery. <laughs> I'm gonna a, have to check that out. I'm a connoisseur. Oh, yeah, yeah, I had an I had a kind of very eccentric uh, college professor. He used to always get rolfed, and he would just he loved it. it, it I but do. he was like, it's, I just think Mark rolfing. He's like, it's the most painful thing you'll ever experience, but it feels so good. I go pretty hard on the, the Google cool. the Google massage scene too. That's just, I, that's. Scummy. I was able to well, I was able to pedal like some kind of like. Um, they did some, you know, stupid contest about something like six months ago and I was able to like get my payment and massage points. So I've been getting like, I like, I think I've had like 10 massages in the past year I'll, at, big, at big search. No, I've never done it. I should though. I should try it out. Uh, all right, Neil, last question. And this is one we can all kind of answer. It's from Burko Stefko. Who are, I'll say, who are our PGA Euro Tour doppelgangers? So essentially, uh, like, who's your pro golf doppelganger? I assume you mean looks, dude, but we can maybe do looks sent, or personality. Somebody sent in – I've got two. Somebody sent in a picture of Bo Hostler, which really rattled me because it kind of <laughs> looked like that. me. And I was like, fuck, man. Like, I can't even argue. that splotchy beard and shit. Yeah, I was like, shit. And then, Tr- and then the guy in the bag was like, Tron. Um, <laughs> with the bucket hat on, like I, we gotta dig that picture up. It was fucking perfect. Uh, but the other one is um, when I got the harsh goatee, um, or mustache, I kind of looked like Mike Strands. I didn't realize how big oh, of a stud that guy yeah, was. The dude. late, yeah, the late Mike Strands. Unfortunately, I was like, dude, look at that guy. Stash. I think this is a not. I think when you're clean shaven, it's Martin Keimer all day long. Ah, that's a good one. 
I'll take that. He kind of he gets that guy gets a yeah. Thoughts. I bet that guy. Yeah, I bet he. I think he oils his he oils his arms. He's yeah, like, lubes his arms up with oil every time he plays. Uh, what about Randy? I'm trying to rack my brain for like the Slenderman out there. Like I thought it was Wood. Kirk, Kirk Triplett with the hat with the bucket. <laughs> it could be Kirk Triplett. Little little Chess and Hadley vibey. Stuart. You H- do Hagestad. have a Chess vibe, man. Yeah. I think Hagestad's a good one too. Um, I'd say those are probably most I think in the neighborhood. I think chessing with the hair. You kind of have similar hair. Or actually, sh- uh, um, Ollie with the hair. Um, Schnitterhands. Yeah. A little Maybe bit. Chessing with, the- chessing with some Ollie hair on top. Yeah. Georgia Tech. Yeah. Yeah, that's, God, that's a lot of, a lot of GT. I'm down with what Paul Johnson's selling. Um, all right. Tron, I got yours. Yours, Zach Johnson, with when you wore oh, used to God. wear those glasses. Those like, no, uh, no. remember with the glass you wore to pass the tiempo like years ago when you yeah, were the like white the, Oakleys? Yeah, the white Oakleys. Yeah, the white Oakleys. Sometimes those they, those I had mega mega Zach Johnson vibes. All right, that's disgusting. Maybe so that's like, maybe that's the source of Tron's uh, animosity to Zach. He's just, just he's looking in the mirror. Yeah, it's just, just looking in the mirror. Yeah, I mean, so, some people, you know, I. I've been trying to work out a little bit, but it's tough with a little one at home. Some people have saying have been saying it's like Furic, <laughs> little Furicy dog, a little Furic, um, like hospice Furic or post hospice. Uh, <laughs> and then you know, I've also been told I look like like back when I had the hair, like I was kind of like a mix of like Jude Law and Adam Scott. <laughs> I mean, that's that's, that, that, that's take high that. praise. Yeah, Jesus, he'll take that. So. Hey, I mean, it's probably somewhere in the middle. <laughs> it's like Jim Furyk, but with some Adam Scott Jude Law. <laughs> that's no. pre- I think that's 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 pretty solid. <laughs> uh, all right, I got this. Is this has been a while? Uh, anything else we gotta? Yeah, talk good luck. About? Edit, good luck editing this one, big guy.